This morning, we have a great privilege, which is to hear from our Cambodia team, or the Healing Rooms Cambodia team. We're a little bit early. I haven't introduced them yet. Hang on, hang on. It's always great to pray for people as they head off on adventures, and it's even greater when they return back to share testimonies of all the Lord has done. So now, would you like to welcome Martin as he comes up and he can lead things from here on? Good morning. Is this on? I think it is. Chumrip Sua. That's good morning or hello in, in uh, Khmer. We had a, a wonderful time and it was probably the most fruitful trip we've had. Uh, that was our seventh time in Cambodia. Uh, seven years we've been going there and uh, we shared with our healing rooms team yesterday, it was the first time in seven years we've seen blue sky in Cambodia. Only happens, I think, in January. And we had cooler weather than you had here, would you believe? We're up near the equator and we're basking in 34 degrees while you're having 41s and 42s. So I think January's the time to go. May have set a precedent. We, uh, I'm going to get the team to come up and share in just a, a few brief moments. But before they do... Uh, Rosin and I ran a healing school for two days before the team arrived and I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end. But after one of the sessions of teaching, uh, a man who was sitting about over here where Peter is from New Zealand came up to me in the break and said, I was so blessed when you shared boom, 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 boom. And he quoted like uh, uh, nearly two sentences worth of what I had allegedly said. And it really blessed him. The only thing was I hadn't said any of that. He was on topic but was so far away from anything that I'd said that I, I just smiled and said, well, um, praise the Lord, I'm glad, I'm glad you were blessed by that. Thinking inside, I never said that. So I say that to say this. The Holy Spirit obviously took whatever I said and put it into something meaningful for him. Um, whether or not mine was meaningful, but he changed the words completely that really blessed this man. So before we do anything else, I want to pray that he would do the same this morning because we've come back not with a, not with a brag book of testimonies, but we will share testimony of what Jesus did. We saw amazing things. But my heart's desire is that out of our sharing, each of you would be blessed and the Holy Spirit would speak to each of us, even in our sharing. Is that okay? So Holy Spirit, we welcome you again. We know that you're here, but we would ask for a greater increase in your presence now. As we share what you did in us, in us and through us in the last uh, few weeks away, take our words, Lord, and uh, may the meditations of our heart not just be acceptable in your sight, but be meaningful to us that we may be changed. And as Andrew said before, that as we left, leave this place today, we would be more on fire with love for Jesus. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. We pray. So I'm going to ask the team to come up now, those who are going to share. And I'm going to just call you up. Don't, don't dilly-dally, come now, because time is getting away and the sausages will be burnt. Yeah. <laughs> 
So perhaps, yeah, I'm just going to call you up one at a time and then I'll uh, tie all this together. Anne, would you come up, please, and share first, ladies first. And uh, welcome, Anne, when she comes. Hi, well, can you hear me? Yeah, well, I just want to say, going to Cambodia certainly was a transformation tour. You come back feeling really transformed. And it's not just that we transform, we go over there to do something for them, but they do something for us. Our hearts are changed and re renewed, revived, relived. Um, so this is not the first time that I've been to Cambodia. Um, so it was lovely to just go back after a couple of years and just see what the um, changes were over there. Lots of changes and lots of things to, um, to see. Even the airport was different. <laughs> it had been changed because Chinese people have actually um, done some work there and made it an international airport and it looks really beautiful. But I just feel to say that we really valued your prayers for us while you were while we were away, because um, we felt safe, we felt secure, we felt God's protection over us. So thank you all for praying for each one of us. Um, I, well, we arrived on the Saturday, we were absolutely tired, um, jet-lagged, and Martin and Ros met us at the airport, and that was great. Um, and then we went to the hotels. And Sunday we went to Coy and Rennie's church, that was, that was amazing just to see, to be a part of the service there. And Coin Rennie have a real heart for the children, a real love for the children and the people there. So it's lovely to see that, you know, just see how, how, how well they are doing over there, even though they have so little. Um, church service, we, we were part of it. Um, and the next next Sunday we were part of it again. And that's where they have their church services, also where they have their school. And they also have their living quarters. And there's four flights up, really steep stairs to go up and climb. And I climbed them. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's God's provision for me. Because I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Um, but... Um, the schools we went to, they were just so lovely. We gave out vitamins and deworming medication um, and that was just such a privilege to see, to be a part of that, to be giving out medication to the kids and to also be praying for them. Um, they were so open for prayer. They're just so, um, just really on, you know, wanting to be healed of problems. So, you know, God did do work there. He healed people that came up for prayer and it was just like when they got prayed prayed for and when they got healed they go oh I can't believe this this is amazing I won't go into too much detail but it was just so wonderful to see them being able to test things out and go oh we, wow this is great I haven't been able to do this before so yeah God is good and um and he proved it while we we're over there we were flexible <laughs> that was the word we got <laughs> that Ros and Martin gave us <laughs> we we're very very flexible but um just to say that, you know, you don't have to go on a missions trip to, to see God healing. He heals here as much as he does over there. But it's just so exciting when you do see um, instant healing over there. Not everyone we prayed for got healed, but we're believing they will get healed. So um, I just want to encourage you that, you know, we can all be part of that healing model over here. We can all pray and see things happen 
So thank you very much. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Elizabeth. This is Elizabeth, if you don't know Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks, Martin. Well, this time last week, I was still on my way home from the two weeks in Cambodia. Seems a lifetime ago. To those that would ask, why did you go? I'd say it was because it was the next step in the journey that God has me on. In early 2018, at the Father Heart Conference, God's word to me was, it's time to step into who you really are. And it's time became a recurring theme throughout the year. Hardly surprising then that I attended the Capital Healing Rooms conference called It's Time, where I heard about the tour. I'd also had an interest in Cambodia awakened in me when I met one of the other Father Heart delegates who is living and ministering in Cambodia with his family. Now, I've travelled fairly um, extensively and lived in Asia, so Cambodia felt comfortable and familiar despite it being my first visit. However, the idea of praying for physical healing certainly took me well outside my comfort zone, as I'd never experienced my prayers for healing working. In, um, in fact, I'd had a spectacular failure years ago when I prayed for my daughter's broken arm to be healed. The repeat x-ray x um, showed not only was the arm still broken, but the bone had moved in the arm and we now had to go to surgery. It was a bit of a discouragement to say the least. To make matters worse, in the lead up to going, I battled fears that my lack of faith might block healing that others on the team had faith for. And I felt no excitement about going, nor did I feel God's presence. I was having to walk by faith, not feelings, which is a lesson God's had me on. And it was a case of, I believe, help my unbelief. So visiting our first school, I found the children delightful. Despite the poverty, they were so friendly and engaging with such beautiful smiles, and it was easy to engage with them as we gave out the tablets. We prayed blessings on them and asked God to reveal himself to their hearts. After the children, some of the adults came for treatment and for prayer, and I soon found myself in a small group praying that God would heal a woman who had come complaining of headaches, high blood pressure, and stomach problems. After prayer, she said her headache was gone and her stomach felt better too. But it wasn't as if she'd been crippled and was now leaping with joy at being able to walk. So I'm afraid I found myself um, wrestling with a little doubt that she might have just been saying she felt better to be polite or because she felt she should. Then another lady with a swollen area under her right eye and a pussy discharge came. The swelling seemed to physically reduce after prayer and she testified to feeling real peace. The following day at the train track village, we saw several dramatic healings where movement was restored after pain was taken away. And you'll see one lady in the short video later who really tested out her healing. Um, as well as painful joints healed and mobility restored, we saw blurred vision improve, a goiter appear to decrease in size, breathing difficulties improve, and many testify to a real sense of God's peace it was becoming easier to believe and to pray. On our fifth day, we visited a community living on an island in the Mekong River where we met a woman that Martin recognised from the previous year's visit. She was looking really well, but he told us how ill she'd been last year. Her prayer request was for increased energy and almost before we could start praying, she received a beautiful touch from God and began laughing. We had a word for her that the joy of the Lord would be her strength 
And as we prayed for her, I think we all ended up laughing with her. It was a really precious moment. If time permitted, I could tell many more similar stories. But the trip wasn't just about praying for healing and seeing God act. God was also at work in us. It was lovely to see the way he moulded us into a team and created unity. And a real blessing for me was to have the opportunity to spend time with people I didn't know well, or in some cases at all. Meeting other beautiful and inspiring Christians during our time in Cambodia, feeling an immediate sense of connection and knowing that they're part of the family that we'll spend eternity with was another blessing. I came home feeling different, as if something inside had shifted. It's a little bit hard to explain, but I feel more secure in Father's love and more settled. Partly that was due to a freedom that came when we were praying for an old man at the village in Kratchis. God seemed to lift from me a sense of responsibility to have enough faith or to pray the right way so that healing could take place. Instead, I now understand in my heart that my responsibility is to ask God to heal. It's his responsibility what he chooses to do then. And just as a quite a lovely postscript to my visit, when I was at the gate lounge in Singapore waiting to board my flight back to Brisbane... Um, I went to fill my water bottle up and there I encountered a very lovely young man with his arm in a sling who was also filling his water bottle. We exchanged a few friendly words and then um, I walked away. I got about maybe five yards towards the gate lounge and it was like God said to me, well, just because you've left Cambodia, you don't have to stop praying, you know. So I turned around and I went back and I met him as he was going back to his gate lounge And I asked him what he'd done. And he said he was in Singapore to have his um, shoulder operated on. So I said, oh, what a shame I didn't meet you before you had your operation because I've just spent two weeks in Cambodia with a team praying for healing for people. And then I said, but can I pray for you anyway? And he said, yes, please. So I prayed for him. And he said afterwards, thank you so much. That really meant a lot to me. And it was just a blessing. So God is faithful. Thank you. Christelle. After saying goodbye to our kids, one of whom was crying, one was joking to cover up how he really felt, and the other one was holding it together so she could drive, I got to see an international airport for the first time. I may have cried a bit too. But excitement soon kicked in when three others of the team showed up for the flight. My first taste of overseas was driving, well, as a passenger in Cambodia. Wowzers. And I was advised this wasn't even really bad traffic. Places like India can be far worse. Let's just say there may be too much lanes on the road, but hey, if two cars, a truck, a couple of mopeds and a motorbikes can fit across the road at once, let's do it. And why stick to one line? Let's weave and crisscross up the road. Road signs are just a suggestion too. To go for lunch on that day, we had to cross the road. I thought I'd be standing on the side of the road forever. But we made it safely. On Sunday at Coy and Rennie's church, once I met their cheeky, gorgeous five-year-old Moses and his siblings, 16-year-old Daniel, 10-year-old Hannah, 9-year-old Samuel and 7-year-old Deborah, missing my kids wasn't as bad. Monday's visit to Tolp, village, or more like an alley, to do medicine distribution and praying had me thinking, why? 
Why do communities get like this? How can a government let this happen? It was a little overwhelming, but I didn't feel as distressed as I thought I would. People were friendly, saying hello and smiling. Learning some Khmer to get the kids to understand what we were doing was interesting. First, I'd put my hand out to show them what to do. Later, I was told that I could have said Leodai, which means hand out. Then we had to say Tompia, which meant chew, and there was also hand gestures and mouth movements to help. Then there was a little pack of 10 vitamins that we gave them to take. So we had to say, moi tenai, moi krop, one a day, one tablet. I thought I had it nailed knowing Brother Bear, kinai from Brother Bear, and saying that for the first day until my husband advised me it was tinai. After that, I was told by one of our interpreters that I was doing well with my kamai. Tuesday at the train tracks was a bit more disturbing to see the conditions there. But again, I didn't feel as distraught as I thought I would. I know God gave me the strength to cope with it. By all means, I was affected by the way these people had to live. But again, people were smiling, greeting us and open to prayer. There's no preconceived ideas about Christianity. They have open hearts. At the end of the time there, waiting for the bus to take us back to home, I was chatting to Andrew and Martin. We'd seen another group of white people on the other side of the road at the tracks, looking like they were doing outreach. It made me realise that although I, could, I could have brought, um, couldn't bring kids home with me, I couldn't pack them all up in my suitcase and bring them home, and we don't have money to throw at them, which wouldn't achieve anything anyway. We were there to do what God wanted us to do. Distribute medicine, pray for them, over them and for healing, and love on them and show them God's love. That's all we could do and we were doing that. It also made me realise that God had many other groups and organisations, many of them Christian organisations that we heard about, there at the same time. So his hands, feet, eyes, ears and love was in Phnom Penh in many ways and each were doing what they were led there to do. Praying for healing for people wasn't as daunting as I thought it would be. I know God has the ability and his name is powerful, so that's what we called on when praying. Throughout the whole time, I had a peace about each day and what it would bring. I even asked one of the other team members if it was okay to be feeling like a real adult doing something grown up and not just an employee or mum and not thinking about my kids all the time even though I missed them. I actually kept thinking what they'd think about this place we went to or what we saw or did. I was told that was okay to think like that. I learnt to rely on God's peace, provision of strength, heat relief, pain relief and emotionally and also got excited about what God has in store for me, my husband and our family. There were some God meetings and words said that fell in line with other things we've been hearing and told about things God has planned for us. The week before going, a devotion I read said, God is not sending you, he's taking you, which resonated with me. That's exactly right. He wasn't sending Andrew and I to Cambodia, he was taking us. He was already there, sorting it out, planning it. He goes before us and prepares the path. With this reality settled in my heart and head, I was able to remain calm and peaceful, except for a number of gasps when driving in the traffic or out to Krachi province, and know God was in control. 
Even when I wake up one morning to an oh no, oh dear from my husband and on checking my, upon checking my messages saw frantic ones from my daughter asking if we we're awake and could we contact her urgently, then find out she'd taken our son up to Goulburn Hospital with a broken arm. At a very brief moment of I should be there with my boy and then decided worrying was not going to resolve anything, it would just waste time. He was being well looked after by my daughter, the hospital, and my father-in-law was on his way, so we prayed and got on with the day. Overall, what Martin and Roz call it, the transformation tour, is exactly right. You cannot help but be transformed. In seeing the conditions these people live in, yet their genuineness, smiles, and openness makes you think twice about our first world problems of not being able to charge our phone right now or running out of bread. Don't get me wrong. I don't doubt these people wish they could live in better conditions sometimes, and I wish there was a way to stop these conditions being so prevalent. But God's heart is for his people, and these people are his, just as much as we are, and are worth just as much to him as we are. So we need to continue to be God's love to everyone. We meet and pray for not only the people living in places like these, but our neighbours, friends and family who don't know God. It's been said before, we are all missionaries in our schools, workplaces, the shopping centres, etc. It doesn't have to be me, mean being sent to third world places. It means being taken to where God has us or wants us. Who's had a few sermons already this morning? Andrew. Good morning. <clears throat> Deciding to be a part of the team this year was relatively easy. Both Christelle and I have wanted to be a part of one together for a number of years. And after I travelled to Mozambique with Martin and Ros, uh, in 2012, I knew that one day we would be doing a tour together. We've had a number of... I wrote this down so this wouldn't happen. <laughs> we have had a number of words given to us about a, a change. <clears throat> We've had a number of words given to us about a change this year, a project that we can be a part of together. We knew that going to Cambodia was just the first step in following the path that God has for us. I spent the first couple of days wide-eyed analysing everything to see if this is it, if this is what we are to do next. And then after speaking with Christelle, I realised that if I spent the whole time looking for the next step, I would miss out on what God was doing right in front of me. And man, he was doing some good work. From healing sickness and pain to reaching out to people who needed his love, this tour was truly amazing. Many times I was out of my comfort zone, but I was fully trusting that the Holy Spirit would show up and that all I needed to do was to reach out. 
I was more than a little excited when Martin told me that we might be making some tables for the schools. <laughs> Finally, something that I know, understand and have some skills in. Don't get me wrong, I was blown away by the miracles we were seeing. I was just really glad to get my hands dirty physically as well. Those two days were a lot of fun and very energising for me. Being a part of the team that worked so well together and cared for each other was another blessing. From worshipping in buses and vans on the way to places to riding in tuk-tuks in the organised chaos that the traffic is. We were all kept safe and had many laughs. One of the highlights for me was seeing how God can use us to reach someone. I'll try and keep the details brief here because it's quite long, but it's, what I'm trying to explain is the many steps that led to a trans transformation. The first day in Crouches, when we visited the school, a man had asked for prayer who had bad back pain and stomach pain. There's a photo of him in the, in the video after. Jesus healed him, even though he was a witch doctor. He also happened to be the 2IC of the village and the school that the school was in. After we finished praying for the group, he asked us if we could visit another village further up the road that could use our help. The next day, we returned back along the bumpy road across the amazing bridge. I really liked the bridge. You'll see it in the photo as well. And into the village. After a while, there were many children and adults turning up for the medicine and also to be prayed for. One woman had been to see a witch doctor to heal her arm and shoulder. She still had marks across her arm from that meeting and, of course, no healing. After we prayed and some encouragement, she had full use of her arm again and no pain. It was quite amazing because she was um, very dubious about lifting her arm up and we had to encourage her and then eventually the, the higher her arm got, the bigger the smile got in her face. The smile on her face was proof that she had just had an encounter with Jesus. She then asked if we could go to her son-in-law to pray for him as he was unwell and not able to walk. Well, we prayed for Jesus to heal and for the Holy Spirit to present to be present in the house. After a while, we had to leave and there was no change to the young man's condition, but we believed that he was going to be restored. A couple of hours after leaving the village, Rennie received a phone call from the boy's father. He wants to know more. He wants to know more about this Jesus person that we talked about. We were all very excited to hear this, but God was not finished. Another few hours went past and another phone call. The boy was up walking yeah. and having a shower. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> the mood in the bus was totally lifted and we're saying thank you worship to our Heavenly Father who is in control. Since returning home, I've been thinking a lot about what happened on this trip, the things I saw, felt, and what I think God is trying to say to me. I haven't come to any conclusions yet. Most of my life, I've gone with the flow, believing that God had been leading me this or that way, or us as a family. So to process all these experiences and emotions is a foreign thing for me. My biggest fear is falling back into normal life and routines. <clears throat> Somehow I don't think going with the flow will be my motto anymore. I want more of I want more of what we experienced and I want to let out of me what God has placed in me. Thank you.
Wow. Um, needless to say, uh, you can tell from those who've shared, it was a privilege for Ros and I to, to lead uh, uh, such a, a unified, wonderful team. And uh, we had a blast. And, and no one, praise the Lord, mentioned any of the special treats we gave them, so that was good. Because what's on, what's on tour stays on tour, you see. Um, I might just add a, a little postscript to Andrew's um, sharing there. The boy who, or the young man who was finally up and having a shower had dengue fever and malaria and he'd been laid up for a month. They'd taken him to Vietnam to try and get some help and without success. And he was, he was just laid out on uh, no energy at all. Still eating, but hadn't had any strength for a month. And then to hear that call... Uh, to say, my son is up, and by the way, we want to know more about this Jesus. That is just the icing on the cake. That's what we're there for. So, um, just an amazing time. Um, wow. Can we show that, that um, the sausages are not quite burnt? That's okay. Just a few more minutes. There's a, just a, a slideshow presentation, and then I'll just share a couple of things, and we'll wrap it up. Could you just play that short clip of the lady who was uh, the three ladies who were healed? This was at the train train track. She had pain really. in her back and her side. She'd had a fall and uh, a lot of pain. And uh, before prayer, but after prayer, look. What yo, yo, yo. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pain, no pain, all gone. She's very happy. This lovely lady, pain in her foot. In her foot. Yes, in her foot. Pain. Pain before prayer. Yes, and her wrist. She broke her wrist and had pain. No pain. More flexible. And now her foot. Wave it round. Yeah. Yes. And this lovely lady. In, on her leg. On her leg. A lot of pain. Now she's good. Woohoo! Just the other photo, just to finish up. This is the lady. Uh, this lady last year when we saw her, this year she was unrecognisable. This lady last year, this is over on the island in the middle of the Mekong, was emaciated. She looked like she was, well, she was ready to die. The Buddhist monk had come and given her what essentially is their equivalent of last rites. They'd given her only days to live. She was gaunt, a terrible colour. Uh, her head was shaved and just looked ready for death. And here she was this year. That's the lady that Elizabeth referred to. So, um, lights on, please. Sometimes we don't see the instant. We, don't we all love the instant? Yes. But, you know, we had to wait a few hours for that boy to get up off his sickbed. And... Uh, I mentioned the healing school. Uh, we had, there was probably 40 people there, I think, from, uh, I don't know, five or six nations, some of whom have only heard about it that week and were just in Cambodia visiting. One lady was visiting her son in Cambodia, heard about it, came, and the Lord really ministered to her. Um, just God opportunities, you know, divine appointments. And there was a couple there from uh, Arizona uh, who've basically sold everything in America 
were in Cambodia for three months, uh, thought they'd come for three months, but when they got there, the Lord said, you've got to stay. So they've had to go home and sort of pack things up and work out how it's all going to work. But they said to us at the end of it, you know, this has really encouraged us because we've, we've always wanted to pray for healing, but we've now think we've got faith to do this. We've been encouraged in our faith. So that was the, uh, the Thursday and the Friday before the team arrived on the Saturday. So we get a, an email um, or a call, I think, doesn't really matter. We got a, a note from them in the next week after the team arrived that they'd been back to their apartment building and for months, the three months they'd been there, in their apartment building there's a man who walks with a terrible limp, a Khmer man who speaks no English and he walks with a terrible limp because both his legs are uneven in, dis in length significantly different in length. So they've always wanted to pray for him, but didn't. the fear of man prevented them from doing it. So they met, her husband met this man in the corridor again one day and said, in broken Khmer, can I pray for you? And the man said, yes, uh, okay. And they, so they laid hands on him, prayed for him, and he watched his leg grow out. And the man got a bit startled, but it was still a little bit uneven. So they said, because we'd taught them, if it doesn't, Pray twice. Jesus prayed twice. So pray again. So they prayed again and watched his leg grow out until they were even. So they, they were so excited and said to us, this stuff really works. Now that we've overcome the fear of man, we want to do this more and more. So that encouraged us uh, greatly. You saw in the train track village there, you've got to look out for tuk-tuks and, and it's a live train track. You'd never think so because it's filthy and rusty, but there's trains coming through. So after we'd given out the medicine, we're going door to door, literally, and there's a lot of little businesses along here. And there was a tuk-tuk repair place with guys grinding and welding and sparks flying, just filthy. And I'm sure you spotted a few occupational health and safety issues in our, in our video, and this was no exception. So we offered them the, the deworming and the vitamin medication, and they gladly took that, although a bit bemused as to why we would do that for them. And then we said, does anybody here sick or have pain? With an interpreter. And I think he was the owner of the business. And he said, oh, yes, I've got very bad chest pains. So we said, are you in pain at the moment? Yes, I am. Can we pray for you? Oh, no, I haven't got time. And I said, well, it won't take long. Can we just pray for you? No, I haven't got time. Something came over me and I just laid hands on him and said, in the name of Jesus, pain go. It was just like it, there was no time to waste. And again, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And he looked at me, I said, how's your chest pain now? Through the interpreter, he said, it's all gone. It's all gone. The other question we got asked a lot was when we offered to pray for people, how much will it cost? Because when the Buddhist monks come to give you a blessing, they, they charge you or they expect a, a gift. So we said, nothing, it's free. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Um, so... What we'd like to do, if that's okay with you, is just offer to pray, just like we did in Cambodia, for anyone who's ill or injured. Again, not because we're special, but because he's special. And in our Western culture, we like to pray long prayers because we want... And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... Please hear my heart in this. There's nothing wrong with long prayers, but only if they're from the Lord and not our cleverness or our... Um, desire to look spiritual. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hear my heart in this. 
we saw things happen very quickly. Another question we get asked all the time, why do you see it overseas and you don't see it here? Well, I don't know where you people live, but we see it all the time. And what you expect, you collect. So if you expect nothing to happen, that's what you'll, that's what you'll see. We, we um, taught the kids in various schools there how to pray for the sick. And in Coy's church on the second week, all the children prayed for all the adults who were sick, like we did here last year sometime. And we had to pray, they had to pray twice a couple of times, but every person who had pain in their body was healed. Man, woman and child. By the little ones laying hands on and saying, pain, go in the name of Jesus. So they expected to be healed. And it was the same in the other school. When, when Peter and John went to the gate beautiful, and I'll read it to you so you, you know it's not just me making it up. When they went to the gate beautiful, there was a man there who'd been lame from his mother's womb. And he was begging, because that was his only means of support. Who's familiar with the story? Five of you, good, okay. Well, I'll read it to you. To ask alms for those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked them for money because he probably needed his next meal. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And here it is, folks. Verse 5 says, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Expecting to, now he was expecting something different. And now for something completely different. He was expecting money. But what did they say? Well, what you want, we don't have, but we've got something far better. When Jesus was on the way to heal Jairus' daughter, they came to Jesus and said, don't trouble the master anymore, she's dead. And Jairus was really upset, as any dad would be, because he just heard that his daughter had died. What did Jesus said to him? Fear not, just believe. Just believe. The people everywhere we went were expecting to receive something, perhaps because we were white people, perhaps because we had all the same colour shirts on. I don't know, but they were expecting to receive. So as you come for prayer this morning, I just want to encourage you to expect to receive. I believe the Holy Spirit would say to you this morning, fear not, only believe. In other words, fear not the, the disappointment times where you've had prayer 50 times and nothing's happened. This could be your moment of breakthrough. This could be the day where the breakthrough comes. That boy had been to Vietnam, they tried all sorts of things to bring healing and we, we longed to see that man just rise up and walk but it, it took a little while. I don't understand that, but we were rejoicing when the phone call came. So fear not, just believe. Expect to receive this morning. Expect to receive. So if you're ill or injured this morning, I'd like to invite you, in other words, if you need prayer for healing, physical healing, emotional healing, then I'd like you to come and stand over here. If you need prayer for anything else, because I can smell sausages. If you need prayer for anything else, then I'd, I'd like to ask, with Andrew's permission, uh, the prayer team to come and uh, deal with the other prayer needs over here.
But the Cambodian team, you said you, d you don't want to go back to old ways, so here's your chance to keep going, doing what you're doing. So the team that were with us in Cambodia, I'd like you to come over here and we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you the same way we did in Cambodia. It might be short and sharp. It might be a little longer. I'm not going to preempt any of that. But it won't be on and on and on and on trying to give you our mo your money's worth because we only want to do what the Father's doing and we only want to say what we hear the Father saying because that's when the healing flows. It's not about our cleverness or, or even because we've been to Cambodia. But I do know that there was an anointing. The power of the Lord was present to heal and we expect him to do the same here this morning for the glory of his wonderful name. So can I pray to close the service? Is that right? And then if you're hanging out for a sausage where you're released to go and get your sausage and the others uh, who need prayer, please come and receive. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all you did in Cambodia, but thank you that you're not confined to Cambodia. Thank you that you wanted to pour out your love and healing grace here this morning. So, Father, I want to bless each one of these people with your amazing love, with your incredible grace, Lord Jesus, and your abiding presence, Holy Spirit. May we go from this place more in love with you, Jesus, than when we arrived that we may go into our villages, into our homes, schools, universities, shops, wherever we find ourselves this week and do the works of Jesus so that your name may be exalted in this city. And we pray these things in your precious name. Amen.